Episode 201 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. This week, we're back with another Deer Camp series. Tom called his shot, if you guys listened last week, and he is back in studio talking about the uh, first buck of the year for him. Uh, I say first because Tom has set some pretty steep goals for himself. He wants to get three bucks this year. So if you're going to do that, you got to start with number one, and that's exactly what Tom did. He put a plan together earlier in the week, did some scouting, found some, found a scrape, set up on it, and the rest is history. It's a pretty wild story uh, that you know kind of just reiterates just how tough these animals are, um, even with perfect shot placement. So we hope you guys enjoy this story. Maybe you learned something. I'm going to quit rambling, and let's get tuned in to this week's episode. What's up, gang? Thanks for joining us at the table to talk about the outdoors. And uh, we got a full house tonight. Nick and Tom are here. Hey, what's going on? Glad to be in the studio. And we do have another guy sitting. He says he's not going to say a word, but it's our buddy Ben. He's just hanging out tonight. Big time hunter. Yeah, Tom's cooking backstraps tonight, so Ben came over for dinner. And uh, that's what we're talking about. Tommy, where did you even get these backstraps? Do you know a guy that killed a deer or something? I did. And I don't know if when we did the... We took a break from the deer camp series, and we did a moose slash bear camp series. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was on the air or not, but I think it was your dad asked, well, who's going to be the next deer camp series? And I said, it's going to be me. You did say And then I also said, I think it might be me again after that. We'll see what happens, but my first prediction was correct. Yeah. So, so far, you're batting a 1,000. We did this podcast... What was it? Friday night? Friday night, yeah. Yeah. Friday night, and the following day, I went out and smoked a buck. Not a boy. So we're going to dive into this buck. So you're two for two on Deer Camp Series right now. Yeah. You're just hogging all the airtime. I am. And you're predicting going three for three. Yes. Hmm. It's a shame you don't have more tags. We could just ride you out the whole season. Yeah. That sounded a little gay. You're dumb. So, anyway, we're just going to dive right into this buck story. I killed this buck on a Saturday evening, but the hunt really begins Monday night. The, the, the previous Monday night. Like eight days ago? Not last Sunday. <laughs> so, this is the Monday before my killing night. I'm sitting in the tree stand. And it's this great spot we call the Swamp Cross. There's this big swamp in the middle of the property and there's a very heavy deer trail that crosses and comes up into the hardwoods and then it transitions over into some bedding Mm -hmm. and i'm sitting in that stand 
and all I saw was two doe. But while I'm sitting on the stand, I hear a lot of deer commotion going off in this thick bedding. It was just logged a few years ago, really grown up. And I'm like, I need to get in there and figure out, you know, how they're using this thicket. Mm -hmm. So Tuesday night, I go scouting. I had my bow with me. You never know if you're going to walk up on a deer 20 yards yeah. away. So I had my bow with me. I wasn't really anticipating on shooting something, but better to better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. I was more scouting for a previous hunt. And I find this beautiful spot. It's this little opening. It's a circle with probably a 20-yard radius surrounded by thick cover. In the it wasn't in the swamp. It was No, it was in the tops where okay. I heard all the commotion. Okay. There was a little circle, 20-yard radius. Uh, there was an old logging road that dumped right in, into the middle of this little clearing. And in the middle of the clearing, there was a scrape. And I'm like, okay. Those old logging roads are tough to beat. Yeah. This is the spot I need to be. And I'm looking around. I'm like, I think I can make this work with a north wind or a west wind. So Wednesday comes around, don't have the right wind. Thursday comes around, not the right wind. Friday, not the right wind. Saturday, finally get the right wind. Saturday morning, and I'm like, I'm going to that scrape. And I'm getting ready to go up or go out. We're all getting dressed in the garage. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to do this setup. I want, I'm going mobile. I want to do, do my mobile setup mm -hmm. in the daylight. Yeah. I don't want to pick the wrong tree. I'm like, I'm going to have one opportunity at killing at this spot. It's got to be, everything's got to be perfect. So is I, this everything you ever wanted? Yeah. It is everything I ever wanted. I've always wanted to come up with a game plan to kill a buck and buck reads the script and that's how it happens. Cause I don't want, like, I'm starting to convince myself that I know what I'm doing with the amount of bucks that I kill, but I still think a lot of it's luck. But when you start killing multiple bucks year after year, after, it's like, okay, maybe. Maybe I got to figure it out. I wouldn't say figure it out. Yeah. But just pick something. the right spots on the right days. So I decide I'm not going to hunt that scrape in the morning. I go to a ladder stand out of the way. It was. Were you kind of close to that? Like 150 yards. Uh, but it was raining sideways and windier than hell. And about 9 o'clock, the rain really picked up. Well, mind you, that morning we're in the garage. Tom asked how late everybody was hunting. And I was like, I don't really know. It kind of depends on what I'm seeing, what the weather's doing. I said, if it's pouring like this and I haven't seen shit, I'm out at 9. Mm -hmm. And Tom's like, really? Like, you're only going to hunt? I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. And then at 9 o'clock, Tom's like, or well, it's like 8.50. He's like, hey. Like Climbing down out of here. <laughs> well, it 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 like eight fifty. It got to the point where like it was raining so hard. I'm like, I'm not even going to shoot a deer at this point because yeah. I don't want to lose the blood trail. And I sit there for another ten minutes. I'm like, if I'm not going to shoot something, why am I sitting here? Yeah. So I text Nick and my dad. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm climbing down. Mm -hmm. So I climb down, walk back to the garage, meet Nick and Dad there. They kind of on the same game plan, and uh. Head home for the afternoon. I uh, watched a little Penn State, Ohio State football. Ugh. Yeah, not not the outcome us PA boys were hoping for. But, you know, you live and you learn. 
Big Ten is a tough conference. Yes, it is. Probably the toughest. But this year for sure. Yeah. So I'm watching a little Penn State football, take a little turkey snooze. I wake up about 1.30, still raining, and I check the weather forecast, and it's like, yeah, it's not supposed to rain at all. And I'm like, well, it's uh, actively raining. It's pouring. <laughs> so Nick texts me. He's like, you going out? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try. And he's like, is it raining by you? I'm like, yeah, a little bit. Because Tom, Tom's like closer to the farm than yeah. I am. So it was like, mm-hmm. it's raining here, but what's it doing? Yeah, but if away. you look at the extended forecast, it's like 5% rain mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. So we all meet out at the farm at about 2 o'clock. We do our little bullshit session out in the garage. By 2.30, we're getting our camo on, getting ready to head out. And we still have that western wind. So I'm like, all right, daylight, I can see everything. I'm going to that scrape. Mm-hmm. So I make my way back there. And my mobile setup is saddle. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't hunt a saddle, what are you doing? Shut up. Don't be that guy. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, I was always a platform mobile setup guy. Nick got me into it. I actually, before I had that, to talk mad shit. Well, I well, had to I had to f- convince Tom to try the platform. Well, I convinced myself with the platform. Before I was like climber or die, summit climber. If you don't use a summer, summit climber, then piss off. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. I mean, you realistically you can't get a more comfortable stand. no they're very comfortable but you limit yourself with cover you got to climb up a tree that's got no limbs on it yeah and i'm like i can deal with that i'll find a telephone pole that's got a hemlock, hemlock growing around it yeah so i did that for years and i missed out on an opportunity the great buck because he came up behind me and i went to draw and my string was bumping up against the the metal or the shooting rail. cables that no not the rail the cable that goes oh, around. Oh, I, oh. I was spun around okay. in the tree, looking. I was facing the tree. I was sitting. Yeah. In, so your and cables. I went to draw, that, yeah, okay. And I couldn't draw because of my cables. So I'm like, screw this. Summit so, climbers suck <laughs> for archery season. So I'm like, Nick has been saying I need to get a mobile platform. I'm like, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I did it, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And I really had no interest in saddle hunting. But uh, my... It was a solid year. I was like, I think you'd like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good with my platform. Well, then my wife's mom and Nick went in on a Christmas present and got me a saddle set up. Nick said, I know what you need. I don't care what you think you well, need. Well, it was one of them things I'm where like... I'm getting it for you. I just... One, Tom started to get curious because, like, I I got one and was really liking it. Our uh, buddy Sharpie, he's, he's been on. Strictly a he's strictly saddle, and I think once like Sharpie was all aboard on it, Tom was kind of just more curious and was mm-hmm. like, mm. saddle curious, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? His curiosity is enough where I I think we could get away with. It wouldn't getting... be a waste of money to buy him one. Yeah, um, and I actually so I had an extra platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sticks and stuff. So we really so all just, you had to buy was the saddle. Yeah, we had to get him a saddle and uh, just like your ropes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But so I used the saddle last year towards like the end of archery season, like in the rut. And I'm like, I'm 
never using anything else if I'm going mobile. <laughs> he and hasn't I, touched the platform since. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't find an advantage of the platform over the saddle. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I think they're super comfortable. They, the right saddle will make it a, it's an extremely comfortable setup. Yeah, it's great. So anyway, I'm, like I was saying, I'm relatively new to the saddle. So I get, get to the scrape, find the tree I need to be in, and I climb up. It takes me 15 minutes, and I make a little bit of noise. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, made a little bit of noise. I'm going to grunt and rattle. So anything that heard me was like, what's that noise? And then they hear the grunt and the rattle, and they're like, oh. Someone's over at my scrape. Yeah. So I grunt, rattle. Not five minutes later, this little spike comes out. Actually, it might have been like a four-point. I don't know. He came, and he worked that scrape for like 20 minutes. And now I'm thinking like, man, he owns that scrape. He's all about it. I, I hope this isn't the fuck I'm after. This isn't the dominant one running this scrape. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't put a camera on it or anything. I just saw a fresh scrape. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is where I need to be. So he comes in about 3.30 and watch him for a while. He disappears. And I give him about 15, 20 minutes once he's out of sight. And then I grunt and rattle again. And like 15 minutes later, I look at that trail that dumps into the opening and here comes this spike. I'm like, here we go. More bucks. We're in them tonight. So he comes in and he's milling around, eating acorns and hickory nuts and monkeying with the scrape. And I look back to that logging road. Then here's this eight pointer. And I'm like, that's a shooter. I'm going to stop you. I hate when people put the ER at the I end. I love it. I I think it's so annoying. That sounds so dumb to me when people say 8-pointer or 10-pointer. I feel like it sounds to me like a Wisconsin-Michigan kind of thing. What are you talking about? Oh, I, like, like a Midwest. It, yeah. yeah, like the, those states are like the, the pointer. Yeah. 10-pointer, 8-pointer, 6-pointer. No. Nice 8-pointer. No, nah, that's that's an 8-point. No. We'll leave it right there. We'll just, I'm going to start calling it a 4-point like it's a muley. Yeah, that's a great four idea. by, yeah four by. <laughs> so this four by standing on the trail, <laughs> and he's just watching this little spike, and I'm thinking to myself, Can we like, start calling them bulls too instead of bucks. Yeah, yeah, this four by bull. <laughs> he's watching this spike, and I think he sent him out as like a satellite, because he watched that spike mill out in the opening for like 15 minutes. Before he decided. So you could see him just hanging out. Yeah, watching. he was just standing on that road, just watching this bike, making sure, okay, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> nothing bad happened to him. So after a while, he was like, all right, I feel comfortable to come out. So he comes out into my opening, and he's within 25, 20 to 25 yards for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. before. I can get a shot opportunity at him. Boy, I bet you were freaking rattling. Not yeah. antlers. Well, but. Yeah. No, I was nervous. Um, but I'm just going through my motions. I'm like breathing, trying to keep myself calm, like just a target, just a target. Mm-hmm. And finally, he's behind this branch, and he angles his body, and I see him flick his tail like he's going to start walking. And he's heading right to my opening. So I draw back on him. And he's probably 15, 20 yards. And he actually, I got to back up. I don't know if I told you guys this part of the story. 
beforehand, I'm I'm back at the house getting ready. So you're going way back. Yeah, I'm getting ready. (laughs) Start the story over. This was last Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I set my bow up on my my drying machine in the er, lawn. Dryer. (laughs) What the hell is the matter with you? What are you? A drying machine. Who who taught you how to speak? A drying machine. My drying my clothes drying machine. And (laughs) I'm getting my camel all set up. And doesn't my bow slide off the dryer? And I'm like the drying machine. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So I got a rel actually I shouldn't say relatively expensive. I have a very expensive site, which mm-hmm. they're like rock solid. You spend a lot of money on a site, you expect a quality product. And that's something that I don't I think is overlooked a little bit. Like you obviously don't have to spend a ton of money on a site, but the difference between like a seventy dollar site and a several hundred dollar site a lot of times can be like how solid it is if you do bump mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because um, I've shot some cheap sites that, you know, they, they're very accurate. Like, it's not like they move from shooting. Yeah, but don't but you, fuck with them. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had them, that, you know, pulling them up a tree and you bump them and they're off. Mm. So Especially, like, if you climb a hemlock or something with some branches that it's tough to get your bow up. You kind of got to finagle it and you're purposely bumping stuff to try to yeah. get it up the tree. You can mess up a cheap site doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway... I'm like, all right, I, I just want to shoot a couple arrows just to make sure I didn't screw yeah, anything Not up. that you want to hit those sights, yeah. but... Yeah. So I put a target out, and I just walked it out a random distance, went back to the overhang, range found it, 28 yards. So I, I have a single pin sight, I dial it to 28, shoot three arrows, three dead bullseyes. I'm like, all right, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I forgot to adjust it back to 20 yards. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. So while this deer is coming in, he's still standing on the trail, and I'm like, shit. I didn't move my sight back. (laughs) So slowly I got to undo my little set screw, dial it back to 20 yards. There's a set screw that you have to undo? It's just a knob? Yeah, it's just a little knob. So I can loosen that knob, and then I can move my sight freely, and if I want to lock it in at 28 yards, I tighten that little knob again. So oh, my, that, that mine's it, never locked. You just spin it, and it... Yeah, yours is like mine. They just have a knob that travels the pin, yeah. but single pins like Tom's, how they work, you have you, you don't have to lock them in, but they do, so... Yeah, they give you that option to lock mm-hmm. it in. Gotcha. My dad's site's this... It's not the same setup, but it does have a knob that you turn. Gotcha. So, anyway, this buck's coming in, and I have this epiphany that my pin's at 28 yards, and I don't have a shot further than... 25. Mm-hmm. 25 is like shooting into some thick shit. Yeah. Like basically everything's 20 and in. So I slowly dial it back to 20, relock it. I'm good to go. And now this buck is within shooting range for like 15 minutes before I get a shot. Mm-hmm. And I went over, I stand behind a branch. I see him flick his tail and start moving towards my opening. So I draw back on this bugger and he's quartering away and. I hold, you know, a little bit back because he was quartering away. I wanted to make sure I got a pass through, didn't lodge into that opposite front shoulder. I shoot. I watch the arrow disappear in his rib cage, pop out the other side, and he takes like two steps and stops. I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, this isn't normal. You should be running yeah. right now. So I'm sitting there kind of freaking out a little bit, and I can see this hole in his ribs i'm like he's smoked yeah you're smoked but 
why are you just standing there? And he's just standing there flicking his tail. And his mouth's wide open, and I can see it, like, getting red. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, you're bleeding out the mouth, like... You're cooked. Yeah, what's going on? But then I get to thinking, I'm like, well, if I can put another arrow in this thing, like, I'm not trying to lose this buck. Yeah, he's standing there. You might as well. Yeah, so I knock another arrow, and he comes into another opening. I draw back. Now he's at, like, 25 yards. I shoot him again. He's broadside. And I go right behind the front shoulder, double lung. And he takes a couple more steps and stops. I'm like, what the hell is this deer doing? <laughs> and he starts walking, and I'm thinking like... So what? how much time elapsed from first shot to... Probably like two minutes. No he shit. He just stood there, flicking his tail. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then he did it again after the second shot. And then he walked, and my next shot was like 30 yards Mm-hmm. And I, he was behind some thick shit, a couple saplings and stuff. And he's just upright looking around. Upright looking around, flicking his tail. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, they, if you can get another one in him and put him down as quick as you can, like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, like I said, he was behind some thick shit. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, I can't do anything to screw this up. Like, yeah. Might as well try another one. So I shoot, and I unfortunately hit one of those little saplings and deflected, and it went right through his hindquarters. Full pass-through, though. Full pass-through, yeah. And it bodes well for your arrows, though. That's yeah. good penetration yeah, through the hindquarters. Good, that's good penetration. And he stands there, flicks his tail. I got one more arrow. I'm like, I'm not shooting him again. Like, Yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, like this deer is not going to run. And I don't know, like... Usually when they take off and start running, they get their heart rate elevated, starts beating hard, and they start dumping blood. Mm-hmm. But he was just like, no. We're just going to hang out. Yeah, so he wasn't elevating his heart rate. He wasn't getting that blood pumping through his body. He was just chilling. So I wa- he walks like 40 yards, and then he lays down. With his head up. Just gently head. lays down. Yeah. Didn't fall. No, no. Like I see him like lower his front shoulders and then sit back on his hind and his head's like he's just looking around and i'm like what the what the f is (laughs) what i said but i didn't say f that's about when you called me yeah and i called nick something is wrong let's say he called me at like 5 30 i'm like okay tom's out of a doe where i am tom's out of a doe tag so i know this better be good (laughs) so go ahead yeah so i'm on the phone with nick i'm like i don't know what the hell is going on i'm like i shot this buck and shot was perfect and he was just he's like shoot him again i'm like i already shot him three times (laughs) and he's like well just keep your eye on him don't move just watch him make sure he doesn't go anywhere he's like i'm gonna climb down i'm gonna loop around How far were you from him? I was probably 250, 300 yards from Tom. And I was like, I can get downwind of this thing. Pretty quick. It it rained all day. It's dead quiet in the woods. I'm like, like, do not take your eye off of that deer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, for nothing. You stare at that deer. I'm going to circle all the way around downwind. I'm going to get in bow range. And you're going to give me a signal on what what we need to do. Mm -hmm. So As, as I'm on the phone with Nick, the deer stands up. That's and, insane. Yeah. So you're like five minutes. Yeah. Since first double lung. Yeah. And I'm like, he stand, and then he tips over, like doesn't bed down, tips over, and they're like, all right, he just he just fell over, 
And Nick's like, all right. I'm like, he's going to die right here. Well, then for a couple minutes after that, I see his head, like, come up and then just falls down. I'm like, all right, he's Yeah, he's, he's done. done. And by the time Nick got there and we walked over there, he was smoked. Mm-hmm. But I don't. he just... Yeah, his, the up. first two shots were absolutely exactly Pin where, yeah, where they would tell you, like where you need to hit. That's exactly where Tom hit. Third shot, obviously, was what it was. Yeah. But but you're just trying and to I told finish Tom, it off at that point. If you've already put a hole in this deer, you're you cannot make it worse by no. throwing another arrow at. And I think ethically, I think you should be putting as many arrows as you can mm-hmm. logically. Yeah, obviously, it seems ridiculous when you watch it, but double lung him but he's standing there you, don't you need know. to do everything you can to put that deer down yes if he's still standing there's a chance he's gonna walk away and you're not gonna find yeah him. i mean your dad's talked about it on here in alaska like they tell you to shoot until it is either out of range or it's not moving yeah like there's no reason if you can make another shot on this deer i don't see why you wouldn't yeah um, and at that point pretty much every shot is ethical because you're, you know the deer's wounded. You just need to finish yeah. it off. You need to. Yeah, get I'm not him talking dead. lobbing hundred yard shots with your bow through the timber, but no, you know if you like Tom had first one was at you know sub twenty, then twenty five, then thirty. Like those take are all those, very good. Take shots. those shots. Yeah. Yeah, I never seen anything like it. And then when we got the deer, I was pulling like pieces of lung out. Like they were. He was not breathing. No, I don't know. I think it had something to do with how sharp they were, where it just, I don't, Tom yeah, didn't hit, he didn't blade, hit a, no bleeder. yeah, and it it never touched a rib bone or nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think that deer just felt like a slight pinch or something and was just like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of tough to breathe, but I think I'm all right. Yeah. Maybe I've got COVID. I don't... <laughs> yeah, it was wild. I've never seen anything like it. But uh, anyway, we got him. And, he is uh, dead. <laughs> I got back straps marinating right now. After the show, we're gonna put him in the oven, and uh, yeah, eat him. That's just crazy. That what deer can endure? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? We might have another wild story next week. If anybody actually follows us along on Instagram, they know what's coming. <laughs> no, they don't know what's coming. Yeah, I guess yeah, because nobody really knows. Yeah, the whole story. Yeah. So. Anyway. Well, Tom, I appreciate you sitting down and helping us continue the Deer Camp series yeah, for another no week. I hope to do it again sometime soon. <laughs> One can only hope. Yeah, if we could ever be so lucky. Yeah. Well, we'll close it down there unless Tom wants to interrupt me like he does for every other time I try to close it out. Um, no, really, all i got to say is I think grunting and rattling is what that's brought all those is. bucks in. Yeah. And for you listeners, ah, oh, damn. Nope. I knew you were going to do this. Well, I was gonna, you're not going to get this until Monday morning, but I'm doing a deer calling and big buck hunting seminar Saturday <laughs> night. But it's going to be too late. Well, it's already going to be passed by the time you guys are listening. So. Well, maybe after the deer camp series is over. Maybe you could do another one. If we get enough, um, what is the interest? And it maybe you could we'll bless us with another seminar, Tom. Okay. Yeah. Leave it in the comments. We'll do like a video. All right. I think I'm just before I close out, I think at the end of every episode we're gonna have Tom do his own closing. 
and, and then, then I can, then I can close the podcast out. I've said what I need to say. So right, Tom well, usually doesn't say a word until the end of the podcast. I'm like, we're gonna close it out now. And Tom's like, actually, you know what? Not. A thought just popped in. I just want to say, dry your clothes in a clothes drying machine. Yeah, that's definitely the most efficient way to get your clothes dried. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Tom. Uh, we're gonna close it out there. Make sure you guys are all getting outside. <laughs>